Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. This is Emily, and I'm here today with a special podcast for you, one of a few in a series that we are doing for October, a special podcast for a special season. So listen in as we hear from a couple of our community members who are sharing their spirit encounters with us in honor of the month of October and Samhain season. Hello, everyone. I am so excited because my friend Danielle Davidson has come to talk with us today about her ghost stories. She is the owner and operator of Pearly Everlasting Organic Botanical Products, and she is going to share with us some some scary tales or spooky tales, right? Are they spooky? Spooky. Spooky. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. How are you, Emily? I am good. I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you for volunteering to share your stories. Absolutely. I'm happy to share. Thank you for inviting me. Totally. Yeah. So the first story I'm going to tell you is a verifiable story. And that's why I like to share it because, you know, everybody has a ghost story. A lot of people do. I won't say everyone. And you're like, oh yeah, sure. That's a likely story. But this particular story I have um, some proof for it. So that's why I like to share this one. So I was nine, about eight or nine years old, and I was visiting family in North Dakota. Um, that's where my mother's side of the family is from. And my uh, great grandmother, we were staying in her home. And my little brother, I remember him still being small enough to be in a crib. And we were in a bedroom at a, the end of a long hallway upstairs. And somewhere in the middle of our vacation while visiting there. And in the middle of the night, I had to get up and use the bathroom. So I stepped, got out of bed and stepped to the end of the threshold and went to go walk straight ahead down the hallway. And I could hear this noise, just this little clickety clacketing noise. And it was coming from the floor, but I couldn't see anything. So I started to proceed down the hall, but then it got louder and I froze where I was and the noise just kept getting closer and closer. And as it got closer, this little dog started to materialize. Like he was very sort of filmy and ethereal at first. And as he came closer and closer and I could hear him the whole entire time, little clickety clack, clickety clack, his little toenails on the hardwood floor. And he came up to the, to the, to me and then was solid as the closer he got the more sort of um, corporeal how is that the way you say that yeah, word corporeal or something yeah. corporeal. and he just he his little elbows he's like a little bulldog and he had little bull legged and his little teeth underbite and he just looked at me and went <clears throat> and then turned around turned tail and walked back down the hallway and as he was going away clickety clack clickety clack and he just like, poof, he just disappeared. Well, needless to say, I never went to the bathroom that night. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was only like eight years old. 
and my brother was in his in his crib and so i was like i was scared like oh if i can't leave him in the bedroom by himself with this ghost dog in the house and so i put that in my pocket and kept it and carried that story around with me for many years and then sometime in my adulthood i talked to my grandmother this was her childhood home and I mentioned that I saw this little bulldog um, when we were visiting. And, but at that point when I visited, even my, you know, my great grandfather was long dead and this dog was long dead. So, but I asked my grandmother about it and I said, I saw this little bulldog grandma. And she goes, oh, that was Tekla. He was, he was your great grandfather's little dog. He had, we had a bulldog when we were growing up and that was his name was Tekla. And she just said it was like, oh, yeah, that was Tekla. Like, <laughs> no big deal. And I'm like, all these years, you know, you think it was a, a dream. Right. But maybe I'm making it up. But it was actually, in fact, my great-grandfather's dog going, where are these people in my house? <laughs> and why are they here? And then he, like, was all, eh, she's a little girl. I guess she's fine. And left me alone. Oh my so, gosh. I know. Had your grandma ever seen this dog as a spirit dog? No, but she didn't see it. She was so nonplussed when I told her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I should maybe ask her more about that. Like, you know, maybe in her family, they told ghost stories and to her, it was not a big deal. But at the time, I just remember when she confirmed it for me, just being very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well it is exciting yeah. when you have some kind of proof you're like what it was real yeah it wasn't just my eight-year-old imagination well and how cool to find out so much longer like so far after the fact probably like 20 years later yeah. was when I finally got up the guts to ask her about it <laughs> I love it but this is why we should talk to our elders. We should ask them stories like, how did you learn to drive? And who taught you? And did you ever get drunk before you supposed? We need to ask those stories because they have good stories. They have really good stories. I totally agree with you. Should ask them about their ghost stories. Yes. Oh, I totally <laughs> should. You know, now you're actually making me have some thoughts. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and then I have one more story from a time when I was living in Santa Cruz, I was living downtown and one of those old houses, you know, the houses that has the like plaque on the front, uh -huh. you know, that like, delineates it as a historical home. And uh, I lived in the attic at the time and it was, uh, you know, just a real true attic. We had thrown some area rugs down on the floor and sort of lived in the center of the room. <laughs> because the ceiling was so slanted. So all of the outside edge, uh, all of the housemates kept their uh, storage, you know? And then we sort of lived in the, in the interior space where we could stand up. There were lots of orbs in that house, you know, just those little balls of, of light that kind of just flit in and out. And whenever the door to the attic was ajar, there was always a lot of, you know, little activity of just orbs coming and going but then there was a um a gentleman i always call him a gentleman who lived in the attic with us 
but I always felt like he was very respectful of our living space because he always stayed on the outside lower edges of the um, attic. And he wore a three-piece suit, like a kind of a brown, darker brown color suit with a vest and a tie and the overcoat. And he had a hat, a top hat, not a top hat, but like a, you know, like a bowler, a bowler type hat. And when he would be in the room, he would hold the hat at his chest. So he, he didn't wear the hat inside. And he even crouched down because he, even though he was in the room and he was ethereal, he could have stood up. But <laughs> when he stayed around the edges and he just would be sort of crouched down and he would come, you know, around the edges and then he would go. And um, he never bothered us. He never tried to interact with us or talk to us. It was just, he was just sort of like passing through. And um, then, so he was the good spirit in the house. And then there was a female spirit that lived, um, well, sort of, I don't know where she lived. (laughs) 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 But she um, frequented, if you will, the landing outside of the attic and then on the stairs, which were a little bit steep because it was a converted, you know, living space upstairs. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime I would come out on the landing, it would be very cold coming through there. And I would just try to get across the landing as fast as I could and around to the stairs to go down. But I used to slip and fall down those stairs all the time. And my boyfriend at the time, he would get spiders on his face. So he, the bathroom was downstairs. So he would leave the attic room, landing, go down the stairs, and then he'd arrive in the bathroom and there would be a spider on his face. So we always were like, oh, she's, she put another spider on your face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She put another spider on your face. He would come upstairs. <laughs> and it was like to the point where you can't have a spider on your face that often. It is, you know, it was just so creepy. <laughs> and and I, I mean, I don't, can't say so much that I ever remember seeing her in a, you know, like I could see the the fellow, you know, the gentleman from our bedroom. She, hers was just, it was clearly female energy and it was very, um, a cold energy, like stark, like sharp. It had this sort of um, very, it was more of an energetic kind of feeling about, about it. And I always call her, her, her. And yeah, and just, she liked to push me down the stairs. I never like took a tumble, but I'm very sure-footed I, and I don't fall. It, I don't. And so that, the fact that I would slip and land on my butt frequently on those stairs was um, also her fault. Did you ever feel, like physically feel her push you? Just, it was more like, like a wind, you know? Like it wasn't like uh, um, something touching me per se, mm-hmm. but you know, which I've had that kind of experience where like someone has sat on my bed before, mm-hmm. you know, um, where you, you're like, oh, there's an impression of a, like a butt on the bed and there, but there's nobody sitting there. Like that's happened to me before. But um, it yeah, it was just more of like a whoosh. And then the mm-hmm. next thing I know, I'm on my fanny and bumping down the stairs. <laughs> Do you think they knew each other, those two energies? 
Yeah, and I wondered about that, and I've always thought about it, like if that she was that if she was like jealous of me mm. or something because I like he would be in the room with me, and then but she was never she never came in that room. Huh. She was always only on the landing. Interesting. So yeah, I don't know. And but, so it's but it was such an old house, right? That it and stairways tend to be this like uh area in houses where a lot of activity occurs it's a passageway passageway yeah so i feel like you know she could have been from one time and he could have been from another and i'm curious about this guy because you said the gentleman you said you you could describe him so did you actually physically see him or did you see him in your mind's eye i could physically see him and not only myself but my boyfriend at the time he could see him too and we saw the same thing oh my gosh yeah and yet you slept at night yeah (laughs) when you're tired enough (laughs) we were working really hard those days i was homeless prior to to moving into that house so i was hustling yeah time during that time of my life yeah so your head hits the pillow and you yeah, you're out. It's over. You're just glad to have a bed. Yes. Yeah. But that eight-year-old that in that house in North Dakota, I cert- I didn't pee that night, and I certainly. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, waiting for the dog to come back. So, and I've had other, you know, little encounters here and there, but nothing, you know, that's so much uh, worthy of a story. Just little encounters but I find that if you leave your mind open to it you know then um you know children see things yeah especially because they're closer to the veil and the farther away we move from the veil the older we get then we sort of we we close it down and we we have these logical explanations for why oh maybe if you did see something there's a logical reasoning for why you saw it it was oh it was just a lens flare or you know, something like that. But um, I think that if you don't lose that sort of childlike wonderment about mm-hmm. the world, that um, you can be more connected um, over time through, totally. through the veil. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. And, and you have kids. Do your kids ever say they see anything? Yes. Both of them have had, when we were living in the house before, you know, we tore it down uh-huh. that both of them had experiences in their bedroom yeah I actually have stories written down that Cruz has um uh told me you know like word for word at night yeah there was like a guy with the overalls or something it was like he called him like a farmer he was really little I'd have to see where I don't even know where I must be packed away somewhere where I have that written down but yeah wait is this the house I've been to yeah mm-hmm. oh interesting I know. Yeah, that house did not have that vibe for me, but yeah. I'm not a small child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I love it. The house is only, that is, it wasn't an old house. That house is maybe 60 years old or 70 years old now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but this was all old agricultural land. I mean, this has been, you know, yeah. And then prior to that, it, it was, you know, the land of the, the natives that lived here. So this is, there's a lot of 
this is all good for arid land that's good for farming. So I'm sure there's a lot of long history here. Absolutely. And I totally believe that energies and spirits can be, you know, connected to a space, a place versus mm-hmm. like not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a house. It can just be the land. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Cool, Danielle. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks again for inviting me. I love telling those stories. (laughs) And I don't get the opportunity to tell them very frequently. So thank you. You are so welcome. Uh, And for everybody who's listening, if you are interested in some organic botanical products, you can check out Pearly Everlasting, which is Danielle's company. Uh, is Is that your website, Danielle? I'm on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. All right. Yeah, cool. All right. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back, everyone. So I am here with Christina from Hallowed Earth Healing. She does tarot and astrology readings, and you can find her over on Facebook for that. And she is going to share some spirit encounters with us. Hi, Christina. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. (laughs) So um, I'm going to share my story. Um, It's not like overly freaky, you know, like kind of scary or something like that. But it's definitely a very weird spiritual experience that I had. And I haven't had one similar since. Um, I'm from Staten Island, New York. And there's this old historic village that was founded in uh, six. 1996 is actually the first reported building, um, but it didn't become officially in a historic village until like mid 1800s, because that's when the whole historical society was formed. Um, it's an old Dutch settlement, and um, there's one particular house that I was always drawn to ever since I was little. Whenever I'd go there, my father was very big in history, so we'd visit that place a lot, and they hold events there and stuff, like they did like a Civil War reenactment and all that stuff every year. Um, they also did a county fair and we used to bring our turtle for turtle races. You know, it's a very like family-esque kind of place, (laughs) you know, it's very weird, but, um, there's also a very haunted side to it, a very, very haunted side because it's very deep rooted in history. Um, the particular house that I'm drawn to is called, and I'm going to butcher this word. It was called the Vorlizer house. It's Dutch. I can't say it, but yeah, it's Vorlizer. And um, it was one of the first ones. They believe it was built 1696 to between 1698. Um, It's been refurbished a few times and they try to keep as much as the original architecture as possible, as much of the work as architecture. They had a roof cave in, it's pretty crazy. Um, The word actually translates to for reader or like one who reads. Mm -hmm. And it was given to um, citizens, uh, a family that was in there that had the same last name. Uh, who were very like responsible in the community. They actually had a little bit of law enforcement authority. They could assist uh, pastors and all that stuff and lead ceremonies if a pastor was absent. So they were very, very in high regard. Um, also being in very high regard does put you in a little bit of danger because that house has passed hands many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because everybody wants to jump up in the rankings and when that's the only settlement going on, it's kind of crazy. Right. Um, So after it was this, you know, home for that, you know, for these, this particular family, um, the Van Duzers was the the family's name. 
Um, there's actually a big cemetery in their name and all that stuff also on Staten Island. Anyway, rambling on. Um, the building then became used as a meeting for um, the Dutch Reformed Church before they actually built the church next door, which is known as St. Andrew's Church. Now, um, St. Andrew's has a lot of old graves, very, very beautiful Gothic uh, architecture, like you wouldn't believe. Um, they actually used it as a hospital during the British Re uh, Revolutionary War. And that's when a lot of weird stuff started happening around there. There was a lot of, like, it was like an emergency hospital. Like, people died, they had to do amputations. It, it was not fitted to be a hospital. It was a church. Mm -hmm. Ever since that, there's been many fires in that place. It burnt, it didn't burn down, but it was the two biggest fires on record were in 1867 and 1872. Um, otherwise, basically ever since that, since it's been used, people have heard about there is a ghost named Willie around who has apparently one leg. He's always by the stream that's next to the cemetery. There's a lot of reports of encounters of the same guy kind of like staring at you from there. <laughs> um, pictures fall off the walls in that place. Statues don't always stay inside the church. The organ plays on its own, all that other kind of stuff. So me being very big into the spiritual and being not, uh, um, not shy to encountering any kind of ghost or spirit or all that stuff because I can feel them and sense when they're around. So it's never really a surprise to me. And also being very big into history because of my father, of course, this is the place I go to. <laughs> so I'm in my teens and I'm cutting class and I'm walking around the schoolhouse. Now, um, you know, the Vuzler house. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm walking around there because I've been drawn to this building constantly i don't know why but like i go by it and i'm like i keep getting like visions of somebody walking down the staircase and their hand just like dragging down that staircase wall over and over and over and it's like why do i keep seeing that like i gotta get in this building you can't get in the building they're all locked it's only open for tours so i'm not gonna like you know become a vandal and just like break in there <laughs> And try and get in. I still to this day have not been inside the house because every time they have it open for a tour, I haven't been able to. But I went outside that building and I put my hand where I've been envisioning seeing that woman dragging her. I'm, I'm thinking woman, I'm getting feminine energy, just dragging her hand down the side. And I'm walking around the building and I'm feeling like built up like energy. And at that time, I didn't really know what it was. It was just like, uh, stirring and, and weird like you know I, I couldn't really describe it this schoolhouse is right next to the church so you have to cross through this little kind of stream to go to the church and there's a little bridge kind of um all I remember quite honestly of this is drumming this whole incident was drumming after that overwhelming feeling started building up I just like I said I just hear like it wasn't like like Native American kind of drumming. Mm -hmm. It was more of like tambourine almost kind of drumming. I'm assuming oh. war drumming. I'm assuming something like that. You right. know, there had to be like there were drummers and all that kind of stuff that would lead the battles and lead the wars, you know, get everybody, all the soldiers all pumped up. That has been reported around there is hearing mm -hmm. that kind of drumming. Um, that's all I remember. I ended up hours later in the cemetery next door. 
not remembering how I got from the building. I went through the stream because my pants were soaked up to my knees. So oh my I goodness. walked through the water and I went to the church and was walking around the graveyard over there. And there's actually two gravestones that are in there that are both slanted the same way. I was found, I was right over there. Like that's when I kind of just woke up. Nobody apparently, there was nobody around. Like, you know, the, the priest lives like in the house behind over there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's still a fence in between, but like nobody paid any mind that I was just walking around this graveyard. <laughs> like it is on the side of like a pretty busy street. Nobody paid any mind. Nobody saw, like, there's just some girl walking around with her backpack with her pants soaked up through her legs, completely zoned out. No idea what I was doing, but it, it was hours. I mean, hours. I was late getting home from, you know, school that I was in, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And just to kind of top it all off, I guess the only thing I remember is that drumming there. I don't remember feeling anything, seeing anything. I don't remember doing anything. I was dirty, but I was walking around a graveyard. Um, I couldn't find any evidence of maybe what I did. But again, the, to top it all off, after I had my son, he was speaking at this time. So he had to be about a year old, give or take. Let's just say a year old, make it easier. And I was driving down past that cemetery. And when you come down the cemetery, it's off this really high hill. So you're driving down the hill and you go around the curve. And there's the church sits on top of the hill. And then you have these giant willow trees and then the cemeteries all over there. I can send you pictures and stuff if you want. We drive past it and he's sitting in his car seat and he's pointing out the window and he goes, mom, I want to go there. I want to go there. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So it's like, it's kind of weird to just bring a like one-year-old there. So I waited a little bit and they actually hold Halloween events at this church because there are catacombs underneath that they let you walk through. They also did a, a zombie thing one year where literally they extra volunteers for people to dress up as zombies. And then you paid a ticket to be locked in the church and you had to escape the zombie apocalypse. Oh my like God. this church is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I go there for, they had like a little corn maze they set up. So it was just like, you know, a bunch of card, you know, uh, uh, plywood and they put corn strips all over it and stuff. So I took my son there to go to the corn maze. You know, the first place he went to those two gravestones that are tilted to the side. Oh, interesting. Went right to it. I have pictures of him walking in between them and going around it and all that stuff. That's where he wanted to go. He made a bean line for that spot. And it's not like it's right in front. Uh -huh. You have to weave your way through just a little bit. And he oddly didn't want to go near the pet cemetery part because they also have a small pet cemetery. Interesting. So, yeah. So wow. weird. Very weird. <laughs> have you ever had an experience similar to that at any other point in your life where you've lost time? No. Huh. No, I have never actually lost time like that before. And like I said, most of the reports around that place are seeing Willie, you know, with his one leg or uh, children laughing, hearing people run around. Because the schoolhouse did have children that are between 7 and 12 years old. I have not discovered the lady yet with the hand thing. I know I have to get in the building for that. And yeah, I just, I've never had that experience before. I've been to the place again many times. Um, haven't heard organ playing on its own, haven't heard the pictures falling off the wall or any of the yelling or screaming that, that people do. But also I haven't gone there like late at night either. And that's supposedly when all that happens, sure. it's hard enough to children. So 
(laughs) but you know that I'm much further along in my spiritual journey I feel like I will understand the experience more so I will have to keep you updated if I get a chance to go back by myself at night (laughs) yeah I'd be very curious to hear if you go back just what you know if you have another experience yeah really fast I've had other spiritual experiences before Uh like sending things and all that kind of stuff and going into people's homes and be like I I don't know who's like grandfather uncle somebody related a male on your side of the family is extremely upset that this isn't organized and fixed and you got to get this done because he's badgering me like Mm -hmm. I won't know who they are I can't quite narrow it down but I'll get that fleeting you know that message, it'll just come right through and I'll just vomit it out. But something like that to losing time, that's scary. Like, yeah. at least personally, because it's like, what was I doing this whole time? Like, you don't remember. When you don't remember something, it's weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's unnerving for sure. Yeah, very. <laughs> cool. Well, Christina, thank you for sharing this with us. It's really, oh, really appreciate it. It's perfect you're for welcome. the season. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love to share. I love all this stuff. So <laughs> fabulous. Well, thanks again for your time and You're I'll welcome. talk to you soon. Yeah. Sounds. Thanks for tuning in to the witch next door. You can help others find us by subscribing to and rating this podcast. If you're interested in supporting this work, you can do so through the anchor support link in our description. And if you're ready to dive a little deeper Hop on over to wisewomanwitchery.com and check out the Wise Woman Witchery Diving Deeper monthly membership group. The details and sign-up link are available there. And remember, you are magic. Embrace it. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.